Here it is. From deep inside your audio device of choice. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm no Luddite. Tom? You're no Luddite? Luddite, thank you. But I I do retain a healthy skepticism about uh, the gee-wizitude that accompanies virtually every technological, quote, advance, unquote. And, you know, we're how many years now? Two decades into the cellular, Tom? Cellular telephone era. Yeah. And um, my calls keep getting dropped. Hello, can you hear me? What? What? I... And yet we move we move steadily forward as if that's not happening, you know, as if okay everybody's good doing everything on their phones now, maybe so, or maybe not. U.S. broadband customers, broadband internet customers, pay some of the highest prices in the developed world, and getting in return some of the worst service, at least according to the customer satisfaction ratings. Worst customer satisfaction ratings of any industry in America. This is according to Motherboard. Uh, They're quoting the FCC's new Internet Access Services report. 13% of developed census blocks, that's their standard of measurements, can't get broadband at all, per the FCC's definition. 44% of census blocks have access to broadband speeds from only one provider. That's called a monopoly, kids. The faster the broadband speeds get, the more monopolized the service is. 44% of census blocks have no access to, like, super fast, super fast broadband. 41% can only get those speeds from one provider. 85% of U.S. census blocks either can't get super speed from any provider or only one. And the connectivity that feed these wireless networks are monopolized by just a handful of companies, which would mean duopolized or triopolized, actually, if you're being um, picky. Internet service providers in those areas where only one is a provider routinely jack up prices with little or no real repercussions. Lack of competition opens the door to arbitrary and unnecessary usage caps. I tip my usage cap to you, sir, and overage fees, which makes both the cost of the connection and the ability to use competing services far more expensive. And the problem, according to Motherboard, is worse than this data suggests. For years, the FCC has been criticized for this census block approach to measuring deployment. A census block is served if just one home in the census area has access to broadband. uh, Critics try to shift the model toward a more accurate address-based approach, but are opposed by lobbyists for, guess who? The Internet service provider companies. Motherboard suggests that a reason for this lack of competition at faster speeds is that the phone companies who provide broadband, for which it's not profitable enough, quickly enough, for their investors' liking. Verizon has all but given up on expanding its fiber footprint to focus on making inroads in the wireless video and advertising markets. Can you can you hear me? Can you can you hear my ad? Smaller telephone companies have similarly shifted their focus towards business services and upgrade 
aging DSL lines only in the most profitable areas. In many instances, those companies are so saddled with debt from the many times they've been sold that upgrading their networks is now something they can't afford to do. The uh, spy versus spy game continues. More and more towns and cities are now building their own broadband networks. That, in turn, is why lobbyists for Internet service providers have successfully passed protectionist laws in more than 21 states designed to stop that from happening. Hey, you, it, me. Hello, welcome to the show.
From the edge of America, from the home of the homeless, there now is actually a billboard as you enter Hollywood, ladies and gentlemen, that uh, replaces the words the word in the Hollywood sign, i.e. Hollywood, with the word homeless, because they begin with the same two letters, you see. That's tricky. Hell, uh, anyway, from, from Southern California, I'm Harry Shearer. Welcome you to this edition of the show. A little news of AFPAC. Sorry, AFPAC. I mentioned uh, a couple of weeks ago on this, this show about uh, China getting into uh, more of a relationship with Afghanistan. Well... China's now trying to fill the void left by the United States in Pakistan. Washington has drifted, according to the Financial Times, from uh, Pakistan out of frustration at Islamabad's failure to uh, tackle extremism. That took us only 25 or 30 years. Beijing's willingness to get involved in Pakistani politics fuels now concerns in Pakistan's neighbor and uh, adversary, India, Worried about China's growing political influence in neighboring countries all around India, including Nepal, Myanmar, and Sri Lanka. China's plans for a new Silk Road have pushed Beijing into some of the world's most complex complex conflict zones. Increasingly, the Belt and Road Initiative has significant local, political, and strategic dimensions. China has also contributed troops to a U.N. peacekeeping operation in Mali, even talked about launching attacks against ISIS in Iraq. It is now the largest foreign investor in Iraq's oil sector. The Chinese are having talks with rebels in the Pakistani district of Baluchistan. Not Baluchistan, Baluchistan. And um, Pakistan is planning to buy Chinese military helicopters and components for surveillance drones. As part of its plan, Pakistan's got a plan to build a 2,600-kilometer-long fence on its border with Afghanistan. And the nutty thing is Mexico is going to pay for that, too. And now... He's not a general. He commands no troops. He's not an inspector. He peeks at no stoops. He's an... Inspector General. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The chief of international conservation at the Fish and Wildlife Services violated the law and ethics re- regulations when he issued a cooperative agreement and helped steer grants to nonprofit organizations for which a family member worked. Richard Ruggiero, starting way back in 2014, improperly shared non public information with that family member and failed, along with colleagues, to disclose his relationship with the associate of the nonprofit that benefited from the grants, ultimately worth a eh, third of a million, according to a report from the Interior Department's Inspector General. We found that Ruggiero violated federal laws and regulations by participating in a cooperative agreement that financially benefited his family member, and neither he nor his family member disclosed their relationship in writing to the Fish and Wildlife Service as the law requires. He later admitted his involvement and that he should have recused himself from working on the agreement. Even after consulting an ethics officer, the colleagues did not follow up when Ruggiero continued his involvement by adding modifications. 
Fish and Wildlife Service senior official said he thought it was not the organization's responsibility to disclose the family member's relationship with Ruggiero. The family member benefited from teaching stipends and travel expenses. It's just Fish and Wildlife. Don't get excited. But you could get excited about this. The uh, Let Us Try people at the United States Army Corps of Engineers have decided they just haven't been trying hard enough. They need to try just a little try just a little bit harder. The United States isn't prepared to respond to disasters in Hawaii, Alaska, or on our islands of the Pacific as fast as to disasters on the American mainland, according to the Commandant of the Army Corps of Engineers. Islands such as Guam could suffer the same fate as Puerto Rico recently did. Thousands of residents on Puerto Rico are still waiting for electricity to be restored five months after Hurricane Maria struck the island. Getting tired of waiting. So tired. In the rest of the country, the Corps has plans in place for emergency power generators, debris removal crews, bucket trucks, or truck it bucks, and linemen to roll into mainland states as a storm recedes. Those plans didn't apply to Puerto Rico, you know, because it's surrounded by water. Lessons learned from the, uh, shall we say, the problems in Puerto Rico should be applied to other isolated states and territories, like Hawaii, Alaska. Alaska? It's not an island. The U.S. Virgin Islands and U.S. atolls in the Pacific. That's according to General Todd Semonite. He's commander of the Army Corps these days, and he's a real Semonite. I don't think you can treat the Virgin Islands, Puerto Rico, Hawaii, Alaska, and the atolls the same way you treat the lower 48. Future planning should include identifying priorities in every city. Why didn't I think of that? And permanently parking supplies and equipment on isolated states and territories for emergencies. Why didn't they think of that? I'm not satisfied that people in Puerto Rico should have to wait 158 days for power, Semonite said. It's too long. How long is enough, sir? What do you think? He hopes to get 95% of residents in Puerto Rico hooked up and then get electricity, too, by the end of March. But it's unclear when the last 5% will have power. They're up at the top of, the, of hills, mountains. The Corps did send people to Puerto Rico's capital just a few days before the storm, but there were not enough plans, not enough plans from the Army Corps of Engineers or, or contracts or supplies in place. So much of the recovery effort had to, you know, like ramp up after the disaster struck. The land, sorry, the logistics of transporting gear and supplies such as cement, transmission towers, and electric poles to the island is still an issue. The logistics is still an issue. I want them there earlier in the future, said the head of the Army Corps. So let us let us just try just a little, little bit more. What do you say? And now, the apologies of the week. We're so sorry. Oh, we've got a shed load of apologies this week. I said shed. Starting with Oxfam, the British-based charity, has apologized to Haiti's government after its staff was accused of sexual misconduct during a mission after the 2010 earthquake in Haiti. Oxfam's regional director 
after meeting with uh, Haiti's Minister of Planning, said, we've communicated to the minister. We're open to collaborate as much as we can for further investigations. Earlier this month, reports surfaced that Oxfam employees paid sex workers while on an aid mission following the earthquake. According to an internal probe by Oxfam released earlier this week, seven employees left the organization as a result of the investigation. Four fired and three others were allowed to resign. And a witness to the investigation uh, during the investigation may have been physically threatened by three of the men suspected of abuse. Oxfam admits the use of prostitutes by their staff in 2011. They admitted with all the evidence. They even used their offices for such an activity. Now we're looking to see if there was a cover-up, said the Oxfam. Official Oxfam's funding in the UK is currently under review. But that's not all. Save the children. UK apologized this week for historic inappropriate behavior by its former chief executives. Says procedures had not been properly followed in reviewing three complaints against him during his time at the charity. Human resources processes had not been followed in every respect. And they deny the uh, claim that he tried to change the name of the charity to shave the children. Vulnerable women are most likely being extensively abused across the United Kingdom, and ministers of the government need to urgently review sex exploitation laws. That's according to a new report. David Spicer led a review in the wake of Operation Sanctuary, which saw 18 people jailed for the sexual abuse of young women in Newcastle. He said exploitation in adults was not being recognized. The uh, head of Newcastle's Adults Safeguarding Board said she was profoundly and deeply sorry for the emotional and physical trauma the victims suffered. Harvey Weinstein has apologized for the usage of comments by Meryl Streep and Jennifer Lawrence in legal submissions that seemed to approve of him. The disgraced film producer's lawyers used the actress quotes as a defense in a class action lawsuit accusing him of conspiring to cover up his numerous allegations of sexual harassment. Even though Mr. Weinstein has worked with hundreds of actresses and actors who had only professional and mutually respectful experiences with him, Mr. Weinstein has directed in the future no specific names be used by his counsel, even whether its actors have made previous public statements about him. That's a statement from his lawyers. He did apologize for the use of Jennifer Lawrence's quote. She said, Harvey Weinstein and his company are continuing to do what they've always done, which is to take things out of context and use them for their own benefit. This is what predators do. Streep branded the usage of his quotes as pathetic and exploitative. Weinstein's lawyers highlighted the favorable parts of each actor's statements earlier. They failed to point out that each followed these words up with critical comments supporting the women who accused Weinstein of harassment, assault, and rape. He continues to deny all allegations of non-consensual sex. Member of Parliament Bren Bradley is apologizing for his defamatory Twitter statement a few days ago in which he accused... Labour Party leader, this is in the United Kingdom, Jeremy Corbyn, of selling British secrets to communist spies. Wait a minute, did we turn the back the clock 30 years? Bradley tweeted this week, early this week, that Corbyn had sold British secrets to communist spies. The tweet, which has been deleted, followed newspaper reports that claimed Corbyn gave information to a spy during the Cold War. He was alleged to have met with a Czech diplomat in London, Corbyn uh, in the 1980s. Corbyn rejected the allegations of ridiculous uh, smears, said he wasn't. 
where he was uh, alleged to have been at the time that happened. Bradley, the member of parliament, has now agreed never to repeat the allegations, as well as apologizing for the alligators. I fully accept that my statement was wholly untrue and false. I accept that I caused distress and upset to Jeremy Corbyn by my untrue and false allegations. I'm very sorry for publishing this untrue and false statement. I have no hesitation in offering my unreserved and unconditional apology to Jeremy Corbyn for the distress I have caused him. That's an apology. Now, it's Black History Month, and you know what apologies are about to follow. The insensitive menu apologies. On Tuesday, a dining hall at New York University advertised a special meal in honor of Black History Month. Barbecue ribs, cornbread, collard greens, and Kool-Aid and watermelon-flavored water. Nia Harris, a student at NYU, sought an explanation. The cook dismissed her objections. She posted a screenshot on Facebook. Within a day, the university president, Andrew Hamilton, you remember him from the hit musical, released a statement calling the menu inexcusably insensitive. He said the food and beverage choices have been made by Aramark, the university's food service provider, and the error was compounded by the insensitivity of the replies. Hamilton said in his apology, which was reported by the NYU student newspaper. And he didn't even do it in rhyme. Quincy Jones, speaking of rhyme, the music maestro whose recent interviews have sparked furious rows among friends and admirers, I was kind of amused by them, has apologized on Twitter for saying the silly things, he said. In a tweet, Jones said his six daughters took him aside for a family intervention after two recent interviews led to a public discussion of whether his late friends, Richard Pryor and Marlon Brando, actually slept together, as he alleged. Jones blamed age, his giving up drinking three years ago, and memory problems for his interviews in Vulture and GQ. He said in those interviews he didn't care for Taylor Swift's music, how dare he, that he once dated Ivanka Trump, how dare he, and once thought the Beatles were bad musicians. Well, now you've gone too far. Quote, even at 85, it's apparent that word vomit and bad-mouthing is inexcusable. He said his bad-mouthing contradicted messages he wanted to convey about racism, inequality, homophobia, and poverty. He's already reached out to his friends to apologize privately, but, quote, when you live a public life, you have a responsibility to be an example, and since I do live a public life, I wanted to make a public apology. I'm sorry to anyone to whom my words offended, and I'm especially sorry to my friends who are still here with me and to those who aren't. He thanks his friends and family for their grace. Now, that's an apology. The Cameron Park, California Community Services District issued a statement this week apologizing for raffling off an AR-15 rifle at a weekend fundraiser for its fire department. The district deeply apologizes for the sensitivity to the youth and families affected by the horrific event in Florida and other mass shootings, said the district's board. In the coming months, it will be reviewing its policies, including those related to raffle items. We said raffle, not rifle. A candidate for Texas A&M University student body president apologized this week after student groups discovered an Instagram photo with a racist caption that he posted five years ago. The student, Ben Johnson, later deleted the photo, which included degrading language about Asian Americans and profanity. He said he was in high school when he posted the picture and then pledged to advocate for groups of people that haven't had the same opportunities that I've been afforded. My experiences since that post were made have made me realize that detriment of stereotypes and the false truths they cast on groups of people, he wrote. This is a candidate for student body president at Texas A&M who talks about false truths, ladies and gentlemen. 
The uproar follows a similar controversy at Texas State University. There, students urged their student body president to step down over racist and sexist posts to social media. He later apologized. It's almost as if there's something the matter with Texas. Fergie has apologized for her performance of the national anthem at the NBA All-Star Game last Sunday. I've always been honored and proud to perform the national anthem. I wanted to try something special for the NBA. I'm a risk-taker artistically, but clearly this rendition didn't strike the intended tone. I love this country and honestly tried my best. In fairness, after the national anthem, she said, Let's play some basketball! And she got those lyrics exactly right. The ex-wife of former White House Staff Secretary Rob Porter says she received a letter of apology from Senator Orrin Hatch. Utah Republican had defended his former aide, Porter, from a vile attack after two former wives accused him of domestic abuse. You know, he resigned from um, the White House earlier this month. Porter had been Hatch's chief of staff for three years. One of the uh, former wives, Colby Holderness, said she had received an apology letter from Hatch, and he appreciated it. Now, she appreciated it. He appreciated her appreciation. After the details of the alleged abuse came to light, Hatch said he was heartbroken and didn't know the details of Porter's personal life called domestic violence abhorrent. A, another another charity bites the dust. A senior official at UNICEF, the United Nations Agency for Children, resigned this week amid allegations he had behaved inappropriately toward women in his previous job when he was at Save the Children. Justin Forsyth said he was resigning as deputy executive director because of the danger of damaging both UNICEF and Save the Children. His decision was not based on, quote, the mistakes I made at Save the Children. I apologized unreservedly at the time, and face-to-face, I apologize again. I bet that's not the last time he apologizes. Tangipahoa Parish, Louisiana, is where a Facebook post by a school board member has been deleted, and an apology has been issued after he shared a photo of a noose. With the caption, if we want to make America great again, we'll have to make evil people fear punishment again. It's Mike Whitlaw on the school board. He issued an apology. I apologize to anyone who was offended by a post I recently shared. It has been deleted. For those who know me, I am confident you will attest that I'm a man of faith and inclusion. For you that don't know me, I encourage you to ask someone who does know me if you believe that the reposting causes you any concern. My record shows that I have a good heart and work tirelessly to help those in need. In closing, I again apologize if anyone took offense at the reposting, and if apology. If you know me, talk to someone who doesn't know me. Hawaii Lieutenant Governor Doug Chin is apologizing for an anti-gay speech he made more than 20 years ago in church. The address which he delivered at the Oahu Church of Christ is now being used against him in his race for Congress, in which he said in that speech, The Bible is right, your family is wrong about tolerance of homosexuality, he shouts. In a recording, is there any shame in that? What's so bad about that? God is right. Your family is wrong. Now a father of two says his views have changed. I've really grown up a lot since then, and I regret if I had any sort of tone. I apologize if I used anything that caused people to feel uncomfortable or overly guilty. That's an if-pology with an asterisk. That's an ast-pology. A Slovenian hockey player who became the third athlete to be caught doping at the Pyeongchang Winter Olympics. Is that still happening? Said this week he tested positive for an asthma drug that he took under doctor's orders. He'd forgotten to seek approval for its use. Unfortunately, I forgot to declare it, he says. 
I have overlooked the difference between comparable drugs which were allowed and which would enable me to use it for my respiratory problems during the Olympics. I apologize for my negligence to all the persons involved, and I accept the further anti-doping procedures. The sheriff of Jackson, Michigan, has apologized for the hurt caused by his offensive and sometimes obscene comments and says he tends to remain sheriff. I'm not a person that likes leaving messes for other people to clean up, Stephen Rand says. I intend to resolve this issue. He confirmed his voice was on recordings released last week by an attorney representing somebody who works in the sheriff's department who's suing Rand for creating a hostile work environment and the county for retaliation. The document calls Rand, quote, a multifaceted bigot. I'm not going to deny when I heard those tapes. I wanted to believe that wasn't my voice, but it sure sounds like me, said Rand, a Republican elected without opposition. He said he cannot explain his statements. He called a judge a scatterbrained C-blank and talked of creating murderous pornography. All I can do is take ownership of them. What I really want to say is I apologize to everyone I have hurt. And finally, Kentucky Fried Chicken, they now called KFC, Fans are forgiving the fast food chain for its shortage of chicken in Britain. Yes, there's not enough chicken at Kentucky Fried Chicken. At a shocking week, thanks to supply difficulties, it meant hundreds of branches across the country were unable to open because they changed suppliers, and the new supplier was uh, initiating a new supply chain. The ad said, We're sorry, a chicken restaurant without any chicken. Huge apologies to our customers, especially those who traveled out of their way to find we were closed. The uh, ad had a bucket with the initials of the chain, KFC, squidged about, as they would say over there, so that they now spell FKC. The apologies of the week, ladies and gentlemen, a copyrighted feature of this broadcast. Farmer Brown was taking the air, locked up the barnyard with the greatest of care. Down in the hen house, something stirred when he shouted, Who's there? This is what he heard. There ain't nobody here but us chickens. There ain't nobody here at all. So calm yourself and stop that fuss. There ain't nobody here but us. We chickens trying to sleep, and you butt in, and hobble, 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 hobble with your chin. There ain't nobody here but us chickens, there ain't nobody here at all. You're stomping around, shaking the ground, you're kicking up an awful dust. We chickens trying to sleep, and you butt in, and hobble, 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 it's a sin. Tomorrow is a busy day, we got things to do, we got eggs to lay, we got ground to dig, and worms to scratch. It takes a lot of setting, getting chicks to hatch, oh, there ain't nobody here but us chickens, there ain't nobody here at all. So quiet yourself, and stop that fuss, there ain't nobody here but us. Kindly point that gun the other way And hobble, hobble, hobble off and hit the hay
is a busy day. We got things to do. We got eggs to lay. We got ground to dig and worms to scratch. It takes a lot of setting, getting chicks to hatch. There ain't nobody here but us chickens. There ain't nobody here at all. So quiet yourself and stop that fuss. There ain't nobody here but us. And kindly point that gun the other way and hobble, hobble, hobble off and hit the hay. Hey, hey, boss man, what do you say? It's easy pickings. There ain't nobody here but us chickens. From Santa Monica, California, this is Le Show. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's a smart world. It's a smart world after all. It's a smart world after all. It's a smart world after all. It's a smart, smart world. More than 52,000 internet-connected MyCam baby monitors are broadcasting sound and video to whoever wants it, according to researchers. Quoted in the British tech journal, The Register. Built by Chinese business MySafes, the uh, gadgets stream almost high-def video and two-way audio in real time to apps running on parents' smartphones via the Amazon cloud. The application connects to an Amazon-hosted backend, pardon the expression, logs into the user's MyCam account and accesses video and audio from their linked baby monitor, which is also talking to the cloud. Grown-ups open their app, log into their account, and keep an eye on their tykes from their MyCam. But uh, information security experts at SEC Consulting told the register they have found six, just six, security flaws in the product. The worst of the flaws allows miscreants to spy on video streams of kids without any kind of permission check. The hardware also allows someone with the physical access to the gadget to talk to a home and extract the firmware. It's a uh, got a hard-coded four-digit password, which apparently can't be uh, changed, and the soft and it contains outdated and unpatched software that can be further exploited if that's not enough the back end servers will also freely enumerate details of registered user accounts if asked correctly without any special permissions the system uses a method of uh, security or uh, pardon me of encryption which can be extracted and used by miscreants to, com- to communicate with the back-end servers as if their requests were coming from a legit application. The team found securing this hardware was much harder than it looked. They tried to inform the manufacturer about the issues. They received no response. But your baby's okay. I think. It looks okay to me. And from Bloomberg, Telemav company that is developing in-car advertising software for the self-driving car is betting you won't mind too much when the ads start flooding you in the comfort of your vehicle. Car companies looking to earn some extra money hope so too. Automakers have been installing wireless connections in vehicle and collecting data for decades, but the sheer volume of software and sensors in new vehicles combined with artificial intelligence that can sift through data at ever-quickening speeds means new re- new services and revenue streams are quickly emerging. The question for automakers now is whether they can profit off all the driver data they can collect 
without alienating consumers. <laughs> really, you think? Car makers recognize they're fighting a war over consumer data, says Roger Lankto, who works with automakers on data monetization as a consultant for strategy analytics. Your driving behavior location has monetary value, not unlike your search activity. Car makers' ultimate objective, says Langto, is to build a database of consumer preferences that can be aggregated and sold to outside vendors for marketing purposes, just like Google and Facebook do today. And that doesn't... Automakers emphasize that data crunching will allow them to build a better driving experience, enabling cars to predict flat tires. Well, why doesn't it predict horse races? And then you could take the car to the track. There's hopefully an improved relationship so we know you better, we understand you better, and we're able to deliver better services to you, says Don Butler of Ford. The potential to share data, both anonymized and personalized with third parties, represents the biggest opportunity, according to the executive at Ford. It's a smart world. You're just not smart enough to recognize it yet. So, ladies and gentlemen, a um, interesting week for <laughs> President Trump. Um New indictments flowing from uh, the special counsel, Robert Mueller, against first the uh, at the end of last week, uh, 13 Russian individuals that probably will never set foot in this country or see a courtroom. And then um, the guilty plea by Rick Gates, former colleague of former Trump campaign manager Paul Manafort. Uh, again, a guilty plea on uh, lying to uh, an investigator, which one would think might make this uh, another person ineligible for ever testifying in open court because, well, sir, didn't you plead guilty to lying? Uh, Yes. But um, still more rumors swirling about whether Chief of Staff John Kelly will ultimately survive Trump's uh, noted displeasure over the... uh, affair involving Rob Porter, his staff secretary, who had to resign a couple of weeks ago, uh, could never get his security clearance because of the uh, domestic violence accusations from his two uh, ex-wives. Another person who can't get a security clearance, a a permanent security clearance, is uh, President Trump's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, who's been working on a as have many people in the White House, on a temporary clearance. Chief of Staff John Kelly announced there would be an end to those temporary clearances, perhaps as early as this weekend. And that left uh, the state of Jared Kushner's clearance in some doubt. And also, President President Trump has been in the spotlight in the aftermath of the Parkland, Florida shootings uh, as his policy, if you can call it that, towards uh, solutions, suggested solutions to the gun, the violence epidemic, uh, has, to use a a term of art, evolved over the week, um, involving attacks from some familiar quarters, like front page drubbings from uh, Trump's favorite newspaper, the New York Post, owned by his friend Rupert Murdoch. In other words, this week, for the first time, the era of the temporary security clearance has come to a temporary end. End for the businessman turned chief executive. Job one 
It's finding a team that can make it all better. General Kelly. Yes, sir. Again with this, sir. Everybody here calls me Mr. Trump. Yes, sir. That's per my memo. So you're not covered by your own memo? See, this is the swamp in action right here. You're unhappy with my work, sir? Only if you read the fake news. I mean, how could I be unhappy? You screwed up the Rob Porter deal, and half my staff isn't cleared to read anything but the fake news. What's not to like? Sir, you had my resignation on your desk three weeks ago. Ah, the girl clears everything off my desk. Of course I told her to, but look, General, even if I didn't like you, personally, you know I like generals, right? You've told me that, sir, and I've read it in... In the fake news? In the dossier on you I compiled before I joined the team. Again with the dossiers? What is it, a file, a folder, something in American? It's a uh, compilation of intel, sir. Okay. So for once they got it right, the geniuses at the agencies. Don't get me wrong, we all thank them for their service, but... We, we do have a challenge, sir, that the temporary clearances are expiring. You made them expire, right? Well... That's your challenge, right? I mean, maybe I'm seeing it all cockeyed, but it seems to me, here's the deal. Mm -hmm. Figure out how to clear Jared this week. This weekend, if possible. Sir, based on the information the FBI passed on to me, I don't think even Scientology could clear Jared. Wow. You just did a number on some very fine people. So look, I understand this is a competition, and you look at Jared and you see a rival, right? I see a member of the team whose background poses some problems for our security people, sir. Okay. So here's the story. Your task this week is to get some better security people. Can you do it? Your continued presence on this team might depend on it. Does that help? It all helps, sir. I'll do my best. Sometimes I wonder if I really am saving the country. Maybe the boss's former bodyguard wants his old job back. Jared, Mr. Trump, glad that General Kelly let me into the boardroom. Okay, here's the deal. Mm -hmm. General Kelly is here because I chose him. You're here because Ivanka chose you. Well, and, and Ivanka's here because... Let's get back to you. Yeah. Why is it, you think, that you can't get a damn security clearance? Well, from what my attorney tells me, it, it has something to do with the number of times we had to update my financial disclosures. You know better than anybody, sir. Financial stuff happens much faster than bureaucracy. Yeah. One big reason I got elected. You know it was the biggest margin since they started counting votes, right? Oh, sure. Okay. So if your clearance expires, which General Kelly tells me it might do... Well, he, he would say that. Well, he did. Oh. So anyway, that means you won't have access to classified material from this government, right? And, and that, in turn, would cripple me from accomplishing the tasks that you assigned me at, at my request to do. So, so here's your task for this week, genius. Mm -hmm. Find some other source of classified material. Make friends with the British or the Israelis or somebody. They got plenty of secret stuff, right? That's all good. Maybe better than ours, you know? You really think that could work? Here's what I know didn't work. Mm-hmm. Find that stupid building and not putting any gold on it. 666 Fifth Avenue. And look, in case you haven't noticed it, it looks like a potato warehouse in Queens. Oh, we still think it has tremendous upside potential. I'll tell you what has tremendous downside potential. Mm -hmm. Your backside. Mm -hmm. Can you get some classified stuff that's not ours this week? Yeah, yes, sir. I I'm sure Ivanka can help me. Donald. Rupert. 
You know, I'm very loyal to my friends who are uh, loyal to me. I don't know that. That's why. So I... I'm not going to do a number on you. Right. But what the flying foxes is going on with your stupid New York Post? It's losing money as usual. Why do you ask? It's turning into the failing New York Times with pictures is why I ask. Oh, well. Every day they're, they're going very heavy on me on the freaking front page, especially in the whole guns thing. Don, you know I believe in complete editorial independence for all of my papers. My editors serve their readers and... Oh, who am I kidding? I can't BS you like that, Don. Yeah, I feel the same way about you, Rupert. Except I just did it. Well, I... So you know the two closest friends I have in my morning routine... A Fox and Friends in the New York Post. Mm -hmm. So, is Steve Ducey going to turn on me next? Don, what are the first two words in the name of the newspaper? You're not counting the... New York. We're either polls. The Post readers may be blooming idiots, but they're still New Yorkers. We do, on some hot-button issues, have to make an effort to convince our readers that the Post is a New York paper, not the organ of some out-of-touch Aussie turned yank for commercial reasons. Yeah, I was going to say your task this week is to hit the brakes on this stuff. Make the posts Trump-friendly again. I can do that. Well, but we need to let this guns thing blow over a bit. You take a little short-term heat, Don, and we'll give you some long-term warmth. Okay. But Steve Ducey still likes me, right? I... New team, new tasks, same mission. We're going to make the New York Post great again. Now, the world is his boardroom. Via Presidentis. This week, always a new reality. She spent it in the city As a blue most like you too No one ever told her that Someday, maybe She'd have to give in Thought you'd take the time And teach you quite a lesson But soon she's feeling down It's really quite depressing now That no one else Thinks she was born to win Cause we all walk the night then we give in Yes, we all walk the line All walk the line Then we give in We give in We give in The summer's hot But she still spends it in the city Triple jobs for slobs who don't know much of anything And one day she's had enough, she gives up, she gives in Meets a man who can because he's got the money Has some kids and says it's his She'll get the house when she wants out She's got the lifestyle now, without the worry Cause we all walk the line, all walk the line Then we give in Yes, we all walk the line, all walk the line, then we give in, we give in, we give in. Don't go judging now or taking to the high road. Cast a stone, you're on your own, cause in this dirty world, no one's perfect. 
Microplastics. Fish. Who eats fish? Seals. Who eats seals? Polar bears. It gets better. Microplastics can transfer up the food chain from fish to top predators such as seals. That's according to new research by Plymouth Marine Laboratory at the and the University of Exeter and the Cornish Seal Sanctuary. Microplastics, you know consumed by zooplankton fish, even whales. Now, for the first time, scientists have shown that microplastics within fish can transfer to marine predators at the top of the food chain. Researchers analyzed scat. You don't know scat. From captive gray seals and the digestive tracts of wild-caught Atlantic mackerel that the seals were fed upon. One-third of the mackerel and one-half of the scat samples contained microplastics a finding that demonstrates a process known as trophic transfer, whereby prey containing microplastics are consumed by predators and the synthetic particles move up the food chain. It has previously been observed, this process, in animals lower down, such as mussels and crabs. This is the first study to provide evidence of it occurring in marine mammals. By examining scat from captive animals and the digestive tracts of fish they were fed upon, we could eliminate the possibility that the seals were eating plastic directly and be sure that any microplastics we found in their scat came from the fish, says the researcher. So if you don't like fish, you can get your microplastics from um, animals that eat fish. Good news for everybody, isn't it? And uh, now, finally, ladies and gentlemen, in today's broadcast, that Olympics thing, uh, the crowds are running a little bit short. NBC's ratings for this year's Winter Olympics are down, even including streaming. Organizers say they sold more than 90% of the available seats. They blame transportation snafus, frigid weather, among other things, for scaring away ticket holders. But... Uh, the L.A. Times, yes, there's a still in L.A. Times, raises a question, quoting sports experts, for an Olympic movement, it is a movement after all, that generates billions of dollars from television and corporate sponsorships, does attendance really matter? Director of Sports Business Management at San Diego State said, it would nice, be nice to have all these cowbells clanging as skiers go down the hill, but from a business sense, these games could be on the moon and people would still tune in, unquote. So it's it's not just a movement, it's a TV show. Six weeks before the opening ceremony in South Korea, organizers acknowledged nearly 40% of their 1 million tickets had yet to be purchased. Pyeongchang was a tough sell. The remote county is about 90 miles east of Seoul. 
a distance exacerbated by traffic jams and incidents with the bus operation, according to organizers. And, of course, some events were scheduled early in the day in order to accommodate American television because, after all, it is a TV show movement, type, a TV show type movement. Not until the eighth day of competition did ticket sales finally reach one million, a milestone because local organizers needed that amount of money to cover their billions in costs. Another impediment to uh, attendance is that uh, South Korea is not a big winter sports kind of place. As European cities have shied away from bidding for the games, concerned about the costs, the IOC has sought to strengthen its brand in different parts of the world. When you spread the Olympics this way, it requires wooing cultures that have no historical affinity to cross-country or bobsled, says the executive director of the USC Sports Business Institute. What's the alternative? Limit the games to just a 100-meter dash and do it in London? You don't have a movement if you're doing that. Obviously, he likes movements. So do I. We all need one. Every day. gentlemen that's going to conclude this week's edition of the show the program returns next week at the same time on the audio device of your choice at the appointed hour and it'd be just like giving jared kushner a new temporary clearance if you would agree to join with me then would you already thank you very much uh-huh a tip of the show chapeau to the san diego pittsburgh chicago and exile and hawaii desks thanks as always to pam halstead and to jenny lawson at uh, WWNO New Orleans for help with today's broadcast. The email address for this program, a playlist of the music you hear here, and your chance to get Cars I Talk t-shirts, all at harryshearer.com. Think of it. And I'm on Twitter at the Harry Shearer. story in Louisiana and the New York Times this weekend. Just a, a note from News of the Warm. Global sea level rise hasn't been increasing steadily over the last 25 years. 
It's accelerating in recent decades, driven mainly by increased melting in Greenland and Antarctica. It has the potential to double the total sea level rise predicted for 2100 when compared to the projections assuming a constant level of rise. This according to NASA. Didn't we shut that down yet? comes to you from Century of Progress Productions and originates through the facilities of WWNO New Orleans, flagship station of the Change is Easy radio network. So long from the home of the homeless. <laughs>